Hello. Hello. Industry. Industry. Welcome back to Industry Tactics, the podcast that all the vice editors are smuggling to. My name is Friendly Rich, and on the podcast today, he's got a beautiful laugh and a beautiful life. We're celebrating Steve Ward. Growing as he goes, a beautiful soul. He wears his heart on his sleeve, and Steve's sleeves are full of the good stuff. Meat, music, and graffiti. Dig in, boys and girls, to the complex world of trombonist Steve Ward. Can't still hold it, right? I'm, I'm okay. You know, no, no. Just leave it like. Okay, you gotta hold it. Hold it, Steve. Come on. Well, now, let me, let me, let me move this over. If you, need, you need a little bit of. Right? I'm, feel, I'm oh, feeling you, good. Oh, you sound good. Feeling good. Here we sound are. Good? Yeah, here we oh, are. Awesome. We're here with Steve Ward. We're in his kitchen. He's sipping on an OV. We've known each other about, what, six years? That sounds about right. And uh, really excited to have you. Steve is a trombone. Well, we're going to, we, we, they already know who you are, right? I've already introduced it by this point. Steve, talk to us. What are we doing here? What are we eating? We're eating a little bit of cheese, a little bit of meat, a little bit of pickle. What is this, charcuterie? You know, I mean, the, particularly what we're looking at today are things that are kind of, uh, you know, I've got nice backstories too and are close to my heart. Wow. The one sliced salami that we've got there is called Venito. That was at my wedding. Thank you for your um, hospitality here. This looks like an amazing meat. I'm going to eat, eat yeah. it while you talk about it. Wow. So, so dolce, wedding meat? Yeah, wow. wedding meat. Uh, oh, dolce man. Lucano. Uh, a lot of the guys uh, over the last couple <laughs> of months, I've been bringing a lot of the wedding meat out these days, and sometimes they're kind of uh, afraid of the fact that I've had it for so long. Oh, that's tasty. But most of them know, uh, or I hope they do, that uh, because of the cured aspect of it, that it's yes. nice and fresh for long periods of time. Oh, God, yeah. So that um, that particular piece there, uh, they've used the pig's bladder for the casing, which is always nice. So wow. there's a nice... Uh, 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 nice subtleness of urine that I really enjoy uh, with that oh, uh, particular piece there. Man, that, and Lots. that's dear to both of our hearts, right? Yeah, Drinking our own piss. Beautiful fat content and uh, and 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 the beautiful urine uh, flavor as well. I'm I'm really enjoying this meat. Um, 
So uh, to accompany some of this uh, urine-filled meat, we've got some uh, cheese that's coming from Stratford, which is oh. my wife's hometown there. Oh, man. Which is beautiful. So that uh, cheese is their, is their cheddar. It's their basic cheddar mm-hmm. that's been mm-hmm. made uh, with Bright Cheese, which is another uh, cheese company that's been around for at least 100 years. Getting into the milk game and the dairy game in Ontario is almost uh, close to impossible. So if you're a small uh, farm and you're a small cheesery, making friends and befriend, uh, befriending a larger cheese companies um, is the way to get into the business, which okay. is they did with Bright, and this has produced their provenance. Which it's, is it's, really it's nice. spelled B-R-I-G-H-T or B-R-I-G-H-T, yes. Okay, yeah. Bright, Bright Cheese out of Stratford, Ontario. Uh, yeah, that's going to be in um, uh, Oxford County. Okay. So a little uh, further yes, yeah. in one direction. Or, yeah. Or they're all, yeah. Uh, Ellen and I, my wife, uh, went to Oxford County and did a cheese tour. The okay. first stop was at Bright Cheese. We got to see the curds being made there and things like that. Oh, uh, awesome. So it was, uh, yeah, really exciting. Um, we've just got some pickles from Alchemy Pickle. Stage right? Just a um, basic pickle or is there a story Well, there? they're calling this their chili dill. Oh, so, wow. um, this is delicious. Yeah, you got a little bit of uh, heat there. Yeah. Um, you have a little bit of dill. There's plenty of dill uh, wheat in the the cure itself. Um, wow, but what wheat. I particularly like about these pickles, though, is the the heavy fermentation on it. Like you, okay. uh, it's certainly a point of interest for their advertising yeah. lacto fermentation. Uh, but I can really tell that there's, the, there's a there's a particular sourness that comes from these uh, pickles that it's are great. It's delicious. This is a yeah. nice spread, Steve. Uh, yeah. Beside that, I mean, we got a beautiful piece of uh, Thornlow blue cheese. It's encased with wax. Okay. Uh, I have rudely not given us a utensil to be able to get that uh, down our uh, thumbnail. Uh, Let me use my thumbnail. Perfect. No. Perfect. Not but uh, I, I would certainly say that uh, I, I, uh, that that with some honeycomb would go a long way. That's Oh man, you are yeah. so. So we're gonna get into this. We're gonna talk about some of your passions. This is clearly one of them. We just got back from. Uh, if you guys checked out the VR teaser, um, uh, on the YouTube channel, uh, whoa, we went to Sandigan's Meat Locker, where, where you you have really over the last few years developed a uh, a name for yourself and a passion for. I mean, you were passionate about food since I've known you, you've kind of had that, that aspect of your life, right? But what is Sanigan's? You've really grown there over the past few years, eh? Yeah, I mean, um, after about 10 years of fast, busy kitchen work and that kind of like stress and anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, during the last couple of years of that uh, time period, I often would fantasize about uh, working at Sanigan's. I've been there so often. I love the vibe. I love the pacing. And I love the thought of having food be a large part of my life, but not necessarily having to be behind the line and preparing it for people all the time, which was the stressful aspect. Um, So very organically, after I had left uh, the food industry and left the the restaurant industry uh, uh, on the line, line cooking, uh, at the Gabardine at Bay in Richmond. I, I love that place. I learned a lot from there. Oh, I, yeah. I wouldn't be myself without it. Um, Sandigan's was a uh, it was a reaction from Gabardine. Yeah. I was I was feeling too stressed. 
and I wanted to move uh, in different directions. Okay. I had had some uh, nice experience with uh, Peter at the bar a couple times at the Gabardine, mm-hmm. and of course across the counter buying lots of uh, amazing meat from him. Yeah. And uh, I thought this was going to be a nice spot. I, you know, entertained being uh, jobless for about three, four months, mm-hmm. um, doing some odd jobs in between. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I need to get back in, and then decided to uh, sell some meat. Wow, man. Yeah. And, and, and so. Isn't that interesting, eh? The idea of you not like when you were at the Gabardine, that tempo seemed like it was really like there was, is it, there's no messing with that tempo, right? So it's like learning about yourself and learning that you wanted to slow it down a little bit or just go in a different direction, and then all of a sudden, boom! There's this explosion. Like you, I think you know when you got it right, and it seems like you really got it right over what you're doing at Sandigan's. Like every day, you seem more excited about sourcing out the next new cheese. Or cured meat, or whatever, right? Like you're always talking about a new angle of this stuff. A lot of the uh, subtler, fun things that I could do at the Gabardine in terms of my ordering and doing the boards there. Yeah. Uh, Peter's really put it in my hands. What's now. a board? What do you mean by a board? Well, the board that we're staring at today—a okay. nice okay. board of meat and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a trend that kind of yeah, exactly the the chartreuse uh, mm-hmm. board. Mm-hmm. Um, we're sitting around many today, but um, no shit. <laughs> The um, cool. It was a it was an easy move. I would often be going to uh, Sandigan's, and uh, at the time there was an amazing uh, charcuterie uh, mm-hmm. master there, Mikey. Shout out to Mikey. He's working his ass off at four one six amongst many other places. Mm-hmm. Um, his terrines were out of control. He was doing pate en croute. Um, terrines with pastry filled with gelée, a lot of older style things. He was doing a lot of uh, uh, tortillas with bone marrow and uh, sweet potato and walnuts and things like that, which was uh, amazing. I would just go there religiously after I'd get off my work and see the amount of terrines that he was making. It was really inspiring. So uh, for me, it was a real easy move uh, to go from the Gabardine to Sanigans. Yeah. And at this yeah. point, my, my passion really has come through the deli uh, case there. And so they've made you recently, like in the last, I think, six months, a prospector. This is your, your, new, your new title, right? Can you talk about that? Yeah, the, the fun thing about um, one of the amazing things and inside jokes that I have from the Gabardine yeah. is that uh, Graham and Kyla and J-Mac and my close family there yeah. uh, kind of c- called me the, the taster. The taster. So they were, uh, they would, they just, because I was so new to the game and I had such sincere love for food mm-hmm. that often anything that they would give me to taste, they could get a very clear indication of whether they not whether or not it was good based on my reaction. Wow. If I if I wasn't really reacting, what the they fuck would go, you? you're, okay. You're like a, you're like a, a, a child experiencing <laughs> like cheese for the first time. Yeah. It's it's kind of fucked the way you like so you are know, so into it. It's amazing. You've seen these faces yeah. I've made yes, when I take yes. that step and I you, you go into this other yes. you go into this other space. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's when they knew they got it right. That's yeah. when they knew they were doing something right and, okay, and they cool. would move in that direction. And so oh. they were constantly giving me uh, things to eat and I so I developed that name as a You're going, More urine casings. I want more <laughs> more urine. There's a Steve Ward laugh. So when you're gonna do that laugh, just back away from the Yeah, back up that's it, that's it. That's it. Good, good. 
There's one. We're, we're uh, going to be cognizant of the listener. There's one listener of this podcast. <laughs> so, uh, Ellen. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm really excited that uh, Peter has given me a chance and Graham and I from mm-hmm. the Gabardine, uh, mm-hmm. the head the chef there, laugh that I've professionally, I am now being, uh, you know, paid to be the taster. When you say Graham, the chef from the Gabardine, did he go move over to uh, Sandigan's as well? No. Uh, Graham, you, you're all friends. Yeah. Graham's okay. still rocking it there. Cool, uh, Graham was a big part of my wedding. He... Uh, uh, we did oh, yeah, our rehearsal. Okay. We did the rehearsal party there. Okay. Uh, so we were there the night before the wedding. At the Gabardine. Uh, at the Gabardine. Okay. Yeah. And How then cool. he did our um, wedding cakes for the next day, uh, wow. which was really wow. great too. Wow. Um, but um, neat. There were members from the Gabardine that yeah. have come along uh, to uh, Sandigan. So it's a big incestuous family. Andrew yeah. Mac, J Mac's uh, brother, who's yeah. still there. A Mac uh, is the head of wholesale, uh, a good friend of mine. Still, I see him every single day. So, okay. uh, yeah. That's cool, man. That's how the Windsor's, uh, Toronto, sorry, rather, uh, scene works. Good. Yeah. Steve, um, talk to us about. You have, you have a lot of passions. We go way back. I mean, we're connected, obviously, through music, but you. You you have these worlds of like ob- obsession, eh? Yep. I mean, from 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 foot to graffiti to music to charcuterie, right? And, <laughs> and, and meat and and all of the, this stuff that we're talking about. We kind of yeah. dove into it with the urine bladder here, but yeah, like. So where have you always been this way? With like, I, I imagine you as like a a, a ten year old discovering music for the first time is that kind of is that kind of how the music started well like thinking back it's totally how it was the case but when you're an adult and you've developed a bit of a uh, you know uh, a history of things yeah, yeah. when you have these obsessions yeah. they they all of a sudden become like a part uh, they're important or they change people's lives and they and they change my own life of course and everything sure. but uh, sure they, they can actually mean something. But then I was like, oh, yeah, when I was young, I would do the same stupid things. I would be obsessed mm-hmm. about this little thing and go really hard at it for a while. And I don't want to say I would give up on it. Now I think I'm a little bit more contextual about going through all of these voyages and what I'm doing in, term of, in terms of creating who I am and where I want to be going with my own life. Um, we'll edit that answer out, but it's just... The idea is I was teeing you right up there when you first got into music. Same thing? Is it like was it like the taster of cheese? When you first got into music? Um no. You're just a little no, kid it, in Chatham, Ontario. I know. Right? <laughs> Windsor, Ontario. Chatham. I did a little uh, uh Windsor? Yeah, yeah, okay. I had a little blurb uh yeah. I okay. subconsciously mentioned that earlier. But you did. um no, with uh, with music, it was a it was a it was a bit of a slower go. I mean, okay. uh, certainly from the absolute seedlings, I'm yeah. playing the recording, uh, the recorder rather okay, okay. in grade four or five. By grade six, I'm playing the trombone for the first time. Um, it's were you obsessed? Were you no, like was no. it cheese? Was no, it cheese? No. no? no, no. Okay. Um, you know, struggled with the trombone for a couple of years. So you're in elementary school. You're like finishing elementary school. You, you're yeah. already onto the trombone. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. So I think 
probably some uncles and things like that were playing like rock music. So yeah. I wanted to play the electric bass. Okay. So I proposed that to my grade six teacher at the time, Nick Teamstra. Yeah. Uh, I continued relationship with him uh, for good reasons. He was a trombone player. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I know my grade six music teacher by name. Wow. Uh, shout wow. outs to Nick Teamstra. Neat. Cheers. Um, he wasn't having it, you know. Uh, grade six band doesn't have an electric bass player in it, so you got to pick an instrument. I was okay. a class clown at the time. Yeah. Uh, I've certainly been able to let go a lot of that uh, uh, energy in your sets and Friendly Rich. Certainly yeah. been able to enjoy <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. You know that grade six of me comes out there for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so he had demonstrated all the instruments and seeing that trombone and seeing what that was and how wacky it was and the slide and it was just goofy so i decided that just purely out of coincidence just decided to go there um Mm. by the time i was in grade eight i graduated and i remember that nick uh gave me a copy of real big fish uh, a ska record okay uh and for me that kind of stands out now um because that was kind of like a when I think about why the trombone was important in high school, it yeah. was because of the ska revival. Okay. For one. That's the time of, that's the yeah. era where it's really, okay. It's just coming back. Okay. Mighty Mighty Boss okay. Tones, blah, okay. blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was just like a regular teenager wanting like the regular things that they do in terms of like uh, attention and things like that. Yeah. So like yeah. if ska wasn't in, would I have been that into playing trombone? Who knows? Isn't that You know, it was yeah. a lot of... Sure, uh, sure. Um, that kind of made it cool, right? Yeah. 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 I cite a lot of different influences at that time. Uh, I was getting trombone from my grandparents. Uh, they were playing yeah. Canadian brass, the brass uh, quintet all oh, the time yeah. around the, wow. on wow. their place. They were listening to Glenn Miller and Tommy Dorsey constantly. Um, so I'm hearing trombone and a lot of brass uh, that way. Yeah. So that certainly like pushed me into a positive direction. But I certainly had a lot of different uh, likes at the time. Was really into literature. Really loved the B Generation. Was heavily okay. influenced by that kind of thing. Uh, stream of consciousness. I could definitely uh, assume that some of the Jack Kerouac or a yeah. lot of the early... Uh, stream of consciousness influenced uh, many of the early improvisations that I've ever done or that way of thinking for sure mm-hmm. yeah and and so you you continue you go to university to study trombone yeah I mean through high school I seemed to excel uh, excel with the trombone I started taking lessons with professional trombone players in uh, Windsor Wow. Uh, Nick Teamster was really helpful with hooking me up with those players. Mike Stone, bass trombone player for the Windsor Symphony. Jackson, shout out to Jackson, haven't seen him in years. Amazing trombone player. I own all my trombones that I own in my house right now are yeah. all from these guys. Wow, wow. Uh, from Windsor. Um, yeah, um, AJ D'Amico. I was starting to play with uh, university ensembles starting in about grade 11. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of like community orchestras that were also for credit with the university. Okay. And I was able to uh, get a really good uh, early chance at about a grade 11 to be working with uh, prof- like amateurs that were high levels, string players, and a lot of un- university students as early as that playing in those sections. Mm. Uh, Dr. Jillian McKay, who's now at U of T, and mm-hmm. John Jasvella, a very 
very big influence in my life. I love John very much. Mm. Uh, haven't seen him in years, but a very big influence in my so trombone playing. You, so many people, so many people here. Oh so yeah, many people. And they're really big influencers, and and I'm uh, sadly ignorant of how far they've gone right yeah. now in Toronto. But I know Dr. McKay's at U of T, and I know that she's been working high up there. And very so cool. John did you come to Toronto to do your masters? Is yeah. that right? Yep. Yeah. So did I your did your masters the, at U of T? Yeah, I did my whole undergrad uh, under John and Jillian, uh, essentially okay. at, U, uh, at U of W, at Windsor. University of Windsor. Uh, Dr. McKay was the head of the, um, of the whole program. John was the operations manager. He was the head of the tr uh, trombone uh, section. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. McKay was the head of the wind ensemble, and it was an amazing conductor and incredibly inspiring uh, people, both strong, strong, strong brass players. You were doing classical? Oh, yeah. Um, I was doing classical. I was went. I, I was the first brass player to ever win the performer of the year, like uh, beating out any of the violinists, any of the piano players in a classical program. I was really, you know, happy about that. Lasty. And I don't think it would happen without uh, Dr. McKay and John Jasavala. And uh, those connections very easily uh, led its way uh, to Toronto. Um, Terry Promain, the head of program at uh, University. Uh, at U of T, yeah. was a close friend of John's, and they went to school together. And, and he recommended why. you go here then, eh? Yeah, exactly. Like they, so that's you were why. following the teacher. You weren't following the university, or did you want to come to Toronto? Was well, that? I was following, you know, it's a mixture of uh, professional goals and social or, uh, you know, yeah. personal goals. Yeah. You're, yeah, It's that time you want to be leaving uh, the small city. Um, but at the same time, you need to be developing your uh, with your your school as well. Yeah. So Toronto totally made sense. I did audition to um, Michigan State. Oh yeah. Because I was playing in Detroit at the time. Yeah. I know that could be a whole other story, but wow. like I, uh, wow. I those were the only two places that I auditioned from my masters was Michigan State. Were you crossing over to go to Detroit a lot when you were like in high school and university? Yeah. Or? Well, yeah. Uh, the last two years that I was in university. Um, playing with the Detroit Civic Ensembles. It was one of the... Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah it was wow. very, very important. And wow. In retrospect, uh, kind of unbelievable. Was it different? Were they different? Like the musicians, was, did they go about it differently? Or was it, were they, was it very much like kind of same repertoire, same feel, same cultural? Or did you, you notice a difference? Uh, in retrospect, what stands out is mm. the money that they had for the guest artists. Because mm -hmm. like in those years, I can cite... Uh, being in the rooms with Herbie Hancock, Whoa. Chick Corea. Whoa. Um, really, eh? Yeah, Wyclef Gordon. Like, very wow. big, big wow. figures in my life at that time. Yeah. In a very small room. Wow. Not in a very large room. They happened to be working and programming the jazz programs for those years. And because of that, they had agreed to be doing very small workshops with, like, 30 high school kids. And I'm the ringer from university going over there and playing. Wow. And I get to be sitting next to, you know, Chick Corea, Stinky <laughs> Scientology, Ch Stink Corea. Stink Corea. Yeah, does he uh, yeah. 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 yeah, I don't have to yeah. worry about saying this because... No, he, he's yeah. not going to be listening. That would be amazing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chick Corea stinks? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he, yeah, yeah. he smell? Yeah, yeah. I don't mean, I don't want to uh, associate that with Scientology, but I... I Something. I, I've never has, uh, met any other Scientologists that I know of. Right, but right. yes, you could... Right. There was a notable smell. I mean, he was on the road. It could just be he was on the road. But okay. Yeah, yeah. A reek. 
You know? Wow. I'm proud that I was that close to him. Yeah, I that's mean, amazing. Yeah, that I'm that happy that he smell. smelled yeah. that bad. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. not smelled chicory. If I had no observation about a smell whatsoever, yeah. you know, uh, I wouldn't have a story. What a great death. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for sharing it, man. Thanks for sharing it. I think we should actually share more stories about the smell of music, <laughs> both on this podcast and in general. So, okay. And good mic... Uh, uh, technique, Steve. Steve's got, uh, he's kind of doing a 45, so you're going to hear a little bit off mic, but the laugh, it's, yeah. it's a good thing. So, uh, so you get to Toronto and you're, you're going to somewhere there, you're kind of getting into the weirdo scene, eh? Yeah, my first year in Toronto and kind of moving forward was a very interesting juxtapose between needing to learn the very uh, kind of authentic or mm. uh, uh, classical jazz language, uh, yeah. per se, because I was a little bit lacking. Oh, you're, in that. you're doing your masters in the jazz. Program. Exactly. Okay, so it was a bit yes. of a tra- it was a bit of a transition. Yeah. Uh, as they could definitely hear that I understood the style of jazz, yeah. uh, the language in my improvisations and in, in standard uh, changes were definitely uh, lacking in terms of like going into a master's program. Okay. Which I totally understood. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of had to suck it up and take a lot of uh, first uh, like. Uh, second and third year uh, U of T jazz courses to catch up with the language okay. and uh, first year piano and all these things it was very humbling mm-hmm. uh, and I met a lot of uh, amazing young musicians mm-hmm. uh, today that are still like oh, rocking it Mark Godfrey love you he uh, really helped me a lot uh, as a bass player you know he's in second year okay. I'm literally in my sixth year of undergrad yeah. Yeah. and yeah. I'm having him go through <laughs> changes with me in the practice room because I'm I'm needing to find someone where I can open up and go like I hey. don't know this stuff. Okay, I okay. should, but I don't. Isn't that interesting, uh, Steve? Yeah, like really, really helpful. Yeah, man. It was humbling. Yeah, and yeah. now to see these guys uh, succeeding now is unreal. Right on. Especially since uh, through that process, I was able to book a lot of their bands at different uh, venues and things like that, and watch them grow and and give back to a lot of the help that they gave me. Was that the first time that you started booking bands, or you, had you been doing that back in Windsor? Like, um, you, I know you do that a ton of that. Curating, yeah, like. only in uh, in Windsor. I was okay. just uh, curating uh, my own projects. Okay, um, but yeah, I. Why did you start doing that when you got here? Like, what what drove you to do that? It was the connection between uh, working at Tequila Bookworm at mm-hmm. the time, um, and then between my first and second year in Toronto, I went to Ottawa. I had an amazing time in Ottawa. Yeah. Um, with Jim Lewis and the uh, Galaxy Rising Stars of CBC. Um, So we spent 10 days in Ottawa. Nick Fraser is there every year. He goes there during that time. He runs all those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, such an amazing time. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, Lord. Wow, wow. I had uh, Dutch, you know, especially after a whole year of straight playing, Mm -hmm. in quotation marks, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. it was really nice to go like, okay, I'm going to be able to come back to Toronto and and put a little bit more of my personality into uh, Toronto, which was a little bit more of the free community. Mm -hmm. And uh, after workshops with Corchestra, out of... um, uh, a bunch of amazing Dutch improvisers. Amir Amiri, Persian sand tour player. Love Amir. It was it was very uh, inspiring, and I knew I was going to go back to Toronto and start a lot of booking, which I ended up doing. You just uh, knew it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. uh, as a lot of trombone players do, mm-hmm. you can't sit around and wait for those calls uh, when you're uh, when you're starting, and especially coming to Toronto. I just needed to make it happen myself. So, wow. 
I worked really hard for the first like three, four years to put all these projects together and get my name out there. And now that I don't need to do that, I really enjoy the sign man thing. You know, that's what I enjoyed the most. And I was just doing the leader thing because uh, that was the only way I could play at the time. So what are some of the bands that you've side manned in like in in the last, I don't know. Well, five ten years like you've been you've been playing a lot of solid projects here right it's yeah oh i'm uh, i've been very fortunate over the last couple of years yeah um i guess i'll just uh, i'm sure there were some things before that but yeah. the kind of runners quartet that was oh, yeah. uh, i yeah. think you know i feel like that was one of the first more notable Simon gigs uh yeah. only having two horn players you know kyle and i and mark sager and thomas boda love tom mm-hmm. uh shout out to all of you um yeah, they, they yeah. don't listen, Steve. <laughs> it's, it's fine, it's fine. Shout out to those people. No, or you, all these people are going to be yeah, tagging, to these tagging in these yeah. uh, posts, and then yeah, they're going to listen yeah, my arse. to this whole podcast for whatever individual uh, blurb. Okay, good. And hopefully good, they'll... Good. At, uh, the, uh, at the 29-minute mark. Exactly, Boda, yeah. <laughs> Chick Korea, you stink at, at the 22 mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so you're so you're playing it you're playing Plus, the brenders quartet yeah brenders yeah. quartet you know of course um um i don't want to whiz by the uh, yeah. introduction to your yeah. group but certainly sure uh, we're not very we're big part of it. Yeah. <laughs> very big part of my life yeah but I, I i i'll just like quickly just mention the the bands that i'm playing with now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean um minotaurs minotaurs at Lord, Guelph, right? exactly yeah. Yeah. nathan yeah. lord of guelph uh love those guys been playing with nathan uh, nathan for five six years now yeah wow uh, the band, uh, you know, the musicians have been changing over the years, but uh, Nate's been there and love playing with him. Can we play? Uh, can we play a, a track from Minotaurs? Do you think uh, Nate would like that? Oh, uh, Nate would love that. I would uh, love that. Excellent. What are we gonna? Um, what are we gonna queue up here? You want to? You, you got a tune we can queue up? Yeah. Um, so we have a new record coming out um, in December. Pulip? Um I know. Uh, by this point, this I yeah. uh, this, uh, this 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 discussion might be out by now. But anyways, we got a new record coming out. Uh, Stuart Bogey is going to be on um, saxophone. He's one of the uh, guest soloists from the Fela Kuti tour, oh, and has also been playing with uh, Antibalas for years. Wow, Stuart's amazing. Uh, obviously, uh, Jay Hay, Dan Gooch, uh, along with the amazing horn section uh, with me, are going to be on the track, and we'll right uh, queue up something from that new record for sure. Right on. Here comes now Steve Ward playing along with the Minotaurs.
Well, that was Black Mariah. <laughs> Steve's going to take a piss. Uh, we're going to leave it running. You know, this happens, right? Weak bladder. He's, he's drinking the OV. Never happened actually before. First time on the podcast. But I'm going to keep pounding this urine-flavored South Cheech from, uh, from Steve's wedding. By the way, I mean, congratulations on your wedding, Alan and Steve. Uh, that's very nice. Very nice urine, urine filled. Um, this is good. It's going really well. I think when Steve comes back, we're going to finish up. See what I'm doing here is I'm just preparing. We've got three chapters to do. When he's back from his piss, we're going to get into... We talked about charcuterie and meat. We actually started it out at Sanigan's in VR in the pig locker. Then we talk, we're talking about music now, we're in chapter two. Then we're gonna get into graffiti. We're gonna shelf uh, the dirty stuff. So that that track, Black Mariah, that's really great, man. Nathan Lore, what a, what a workhorse, eh? The, the, he's a, he's a, he's, he doesn't smell, does he? Nathan does not smell. No, but no. what a workhorse out there in Guelph. I love what he's doing. Yeah, uh, Nate is so hardworking. He's so sincere. He's a, a very, very kind man. Um, it's great to see somebody so politically driven as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, sadly, um, he uh, there's. I'm not following a lot of politics, so a lot of my influences are coming through Nathan, and it's uh, I'm happy to at least be part of it that way. Right on. And he's also really stemming from the influences of Fela Kuti, of course, uh, yeah. with Afrobeat. And a lot of the things that he represented, uh, certainly not the fact that Phil had about seven or uh, nine wives, but uh, yeah. uh, aside from that, uh, you know, the, same time the spirit of uh, oh yeah, all right yeah yeah he was a uh, what's the word there nine lives Polygon, polygamist okay well, yeah that's good. okay all right I didn't yeah. know that that's something that, that that's something to take away yeah <laughs> whoa okay so he's not following that that easy, no yeah. not that particular no. aspect of uh, Fela Kuti's, uh philosophy okay they're not doing a lot of that polygamy out there in Guelph you'd think they might have been but it, they're not no okay no. so you're and he's putting out a record a, a year it seems like he's he's on fire out there in Guelph yep he's extremely motivated um I love people that don't get too discouraged about not getting grants to put out records. Yeah. You're certainly one of them. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you, you can't get too down about that. And somehow you find a way to put them out and yeah, struggle through yeah. and try to make the tours happen and sell what you can and then yeah. do it all over again. Right you know? on, Steve. It's a yeah. cycle. It's a cycle. I it, can tell yeah. just through Nate's posts and things like that and just yeah. hearing, like, he loves the process. He just yeah. wants to be busy with it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, yeah, I I I admire that man. Yeah, um, and and so and he's been pretty steady, eh? Like you've been pre- playing with him for uh, how many years? Yeah, at least six years. Okay, shit. Uh, wow, my my favorite, you know, summer in the last ten years of my life uh, w- was spent, uh, you know, exploring Canada for three weeks with those guys doing the folk festival circuit. Wow. That was awesome. Wow. Was in Dawson for, you know, a good solid like 
five, seven days. That's played. a big band, right? Like, how many guys in that band? How many? Played? Yeah, I mean, uh, nine when we're a local wow. show where we can Jeez. spread out the dough. But okay. uh, on European tours or, you know, in Canada, six, seven at a time mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, full rhythm section, Jeez. you know, whatever horn players we can uh, have along with us. Uh, notably, Jeremy Strawn over the years, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. myself, Nick Bulligan, Jay Hay, Dan oh, Gooch. Should we uh, shout out to Jer? Are you shouting shouting out to these people? Hell yeah! All these people are going to get tagged okay. now Shout into out. the i uh, into this podcast. So hey, we'll, we'll be forced to um, um, at the thirty-five minute mark. Jared's in. Jared's uh, I think he's now li- living in Issaca. Did you know that in Issaca in the Fingerlings? Yeah, I I think I saw that post now. Yeah, he's in the U.S. now. Yeah, yeah. of course we're we're thinking of like. Two months ahead, when this is going to be. Oh, so is, he, right. is he back or? No, no, he's in Toronto physically right now. Oh, okay, okay. But by the time that this podcast he's is Issaca, posted, he yeah. is in Issaca. Okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, no, no, good timing. We both texted each other today. By the way, if you're listening at home, that's so both of us at the same time. We both text each other at the exact same time. Steve Ward and I have that common timing today. What the hell is going on? Take it away. What were you going to say? Okay, here it comes. So, Caribou, what was that like? That was, um, yeah, it's it's hard to describe what Caribou uh, was for my career and who I am as a person. It was, uh, you know, I think about it very, very regular, regularly for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think back at the time when I was asked about being uh, to play in Caribou, so uh, this is now somewhere there. Parkdale, Scott still owns it. So we're we're, we're winding a little bit here. Yeah, here. this is about yeah. ten years ago, maybe not even, not even ten. Yeah, eight, no. eight, eight, ten years ago. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. I I got a Facebook notification that it was six years since our last show, I believe. So oh, okay. yeah, this okay. was probably okay. around that time, uh, six to eight years. But uh, old somewhere there, Scott Thompson. He's starting to be busier in other parts of Canada. Uh, mm-hmm. He's getting busier in Montreal. He's getting busier in the West Coast. He's getting busier in Vancouver. Okay. So uh, Scott's uh, whipping out to Vancouver. He's not able to do a particular performance that Colin uh, Fisher, pardon me, asked him to do. So I'm sitting at somewhere there, being yeah. asked, "Would you like to do this thing with Caribou?" I have never heard Caribou before at that point, but I say yes. Wow. Um, so certainly like catching up with who this person was, Dan mm-hmm. Snaith, love mm-hmm. you. Um, catching up with all these things was really important. Um, so the Caribou Vibration Ensemble was the first uh, time that we were together. It involved Rob Peelin on uh, um, flute, mm-hmm. Colin Fisher on saxophone, uh, Kyle Brenner on saxophone, and myself. Well, Plus uh, all of the Caribou, uh, Caribou Vibration Ensemble members, Karen Hebden, Fortet, uh, Marshall Allen from the Sun Ra Orchestra. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, there was some heavies. It was a very heavy Sick. time. We played uh, ATP in the Catskills in New York. What does that stand for? All Tomorrow's Parties. Big deal. Yeah, it was yeah. a big European, yeah. like, uh, yeah. but they, they were rocking festivals in the States and stuff. This was in New York and the Catskills. Did he curate that whole thing, or was he... This particular one, it was the Flaming Lips that curated oh, it. Geez. They oh. asked us. Wow. And yeah. so they went, put a big show together, okay. 
Dan was Dan Snape was like, okay, I want to put a big band together, all the guys that have ever played with me, plus a horn section. And band how did that stuff. Toronto band, that the the core group of horns, how did they? Why did he choose a Toronto band? Like, how did that come to fruition? Oh, it all is around the, the god Brad Weber. Uh, Brad Weber is the drummer of uh, Caribou. He's also the uh, this uh, the songwriter and drummer of Pick a Piper that I play with as well. And uh, he was the DJ at my wedding. Uh, so I love Brad. And uh, uh, he's he's been living in Toronto this whole time. Okay. Dan Snaith is okay. from Dundas, Ontario. So it's certainly, he's in the hood. Okay. And uh, Ryan Smith and um, the other uh, cats um, are living in different parts of the world. Okay. Uh, but certainly Dan and Brad were, were close to Toronto. And uh, when when this is uh, I think Dan knew he was going to be rehearsing in Toronto okay because uh, Fortet's uh, sister and family uh, live in Toronto as well so I think it was going to be a convenient spot luckily for us and so we hmm. had all of our uh, rehearsals uh, and it started off um, there isn't it amazing how it goes like it's that is such an exciting aspect of music making is is this idea of like two years from now you get a call and it changes your life, you know, uh, and, and then you build on that, right? Like you're building on relationships, right? It's, I can't stress that enough how fascinated I am by that. Like it's, and, and we've had like, I'm really impressed with like, like you're not the guy I, or you're just a different guy that you've grown a lot in, in the time, in the years that we've worked together. Right. And it's awesome, Steve. Like I'll touch on it briefly. We, and we've spoken about this. We, we've had, you know, like, we've had our, you know, like our, our moments, right? Like where we're on tour and you're figuring shit out and you're in yeah. Germany and you know, like it's awesome. And you've, I, I say this about you. I'd say like you had times where we could have probably stopped working together. You know, there were, it was, it was tense or whatever. Yeah. And you've always been like, what I admire about you is that you're like, I don't know. You're open to, we've just talked it out and had opportunities to figure shit out and grow from it and get and get closer as as friends and players together right i really yeah. admire that like i i value that cuz it's like i think that's why we do music and if you yeah. lose that for whatever dumb reason like oh man no like i don't even know what it was about in germany that like yeah. you know like <laughs> It might have been me farting in a van or who yeah. knows what the hell it was, but yeah. I think it's a really beautiful thing and I really, I want to let you know that. I, I, I always use that as an example. It's like Steve Ward growing as he goes. It's it's impressive. Like, oh, thanks, man. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't know if you feel the same uh, way, but like it's... Of course. You know, it's like it's... The better for worse. I mean, I've been wearing my heart on my sleeve for such yeah. a long time. Yeah. And uh, I think I take it from my mom. You yeah, know, she wears yeah. her hearts on her sleeve. She'll, you'll know exactly how she feels at any given time. I think that's important, though, because if you bottle that shit up and don't communicate stuff with with people that you collaborate with, and don't keep an open mind to like growing and changing and just getting better at what you do and being open with the people that you're collaborating with, then we don't. Then they're like they're total missed opportunities. It's like wormholes that like ten years from now, none of that would have been experienced. Yeah. Right. And that that's fascinating to me. It's like, yeah. And I, I think you're doing a really great job of collecting 
interesting collaborations and really adding your voice to them. So I, I admire that. So you're more comfortable in this zone then, eh? This, what you're saying now, which is like you're playing in a lot of groups, right? Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, is that where you want to be? Or is, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. For my classical career, I mean, it was all about I know that I can fully express myself through somebody else's vision. Okay. You know, like it totally okay. feels personal. Interesting. And I, it's the same way with Sanigans. You know, That's like so I'm cool. expressing yeah. myself. I know that like if I want to move somewhere, I would just, just as be as happy opening a new shop under Sanigans' name than my name. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, Steve. You know, I expressing myself through a little bit of a boundary or somebody yeah. Yeah. visions yeah. Uh, yeah. creates a well, lot of. We do that a lot. I notice the 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 thing that you bring to any any of the collaborations that we've done. It's like I feel like we, we yeah we're definitely co owning this thing. It's like yeah. all right, let's let's cut up like literally last weekend a very expensive and I feel badly about it, but we did it <laughs> a very expensive cold cut on a hair sandwich. Yeah. Just because. That yeah. was good. That was really good. It was really good. That was really fun. Yeah. And but I love the ideas that you bring to that table and that that's a collab that's collaboration, right? It it feels perfect. Yeah. And and so no, that's I agree. what a what a beautiful statement. <laughs> what a beautiful statement on your end that you feel that it's more uh that you're cool in that zone of like, okay, I'm 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 part of many different things on that end. Like but but you're adding but you're distinct. Like you know what I mean? Like it's it's totally like well, coming you, from classical background. It's, you're fulfilled. Yeah. I mean, Arthur Rubinstein, all yeah. these like notable like the heaviest performance, Glenn Gould. Yeah. What like they weren't expressive because they weren't composing their own sure. things. They were Fuck living that. through Bach. Yeah. Like their most Fuck expressive that. works were totally. through somebody else's work. Totally. Yeah. Great. I got gotcha, you, man. Great. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, Steve. So I'm trying to capture your your beautiful ability to storytell, and I know on many of our tours, like I I we reminisce about your your giving us your entire love life one time, coming home on a ten hour journey from Quebec City, almost driving off the road several times. <laughs> beautiful history. And I, I don't think actually this podcast will capture the you need to be driving. And you need to picture Steve Ward's head coming up right behind you. <laughs> with a giant pause in between and then just going like, like like the entire conversation has just been ongoing throughout. That was really beautiful. The unfold. I mean, that could be a 10 part one hour, you know, it's true. 10 hour series like that. That could be its own podcast, right? Oh, yeah. People won't get the full gist. You got to travel with Steve to know what the fuck I'm talking about. But it's beautiful. Like well, think these... of the full gist. Just uh, if yeah. you have, have any of you just comprehended what it would be like to be on tour in Germany yeah. with this band. Uh, if you've seen us in Toronto, just think about what that would be like 24 hours a day. Yeah. The just voices. think about it. Think about it. <laughs> The voices yeah. in your head. <laughs> exactly. You don't shake man. that off easily. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It was, it was really fun. It was a really, that was a really fun tour. I mean, reminiscing on that, it's like, she's oh. a lot of crazy experiences. Right? Well, and, uh, you know, I know we, uh, again, yeah. we could go on for hours, yeah. but just briefly, yeah. um, important for me, it was that, uh, as Rich mentioned earlier, when I started the band, it was post uh, uh, a Germany tour. And so the the voices, the inside jokes, a lot of these impressions, they were at full tilt at that point. Yeah. And so my understanding of what this band <laughs> is, what my understanding of like these inside jokes of what you're saying yeah. uh, at yeah. stage, yeah. you know, um, 
came from that. Right. So, wow, like what a, an experience for me to go, I've been hearing Rich do this voice, talk about this dog named Death for years, right. and then to see it in person. Right. And right. to hear that person that you've just been giving yeah. impressions yeah. of, to yeah. see that person it's I'm very, there now. It's, it's very fairy tale-y in a lot of ways. Like these characters, these weird. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't know if anyone would ever think that they actually exist, but they do. And it's, yeah, it's like you fall on your head when you go there in a way, right? It's, it's very the, special. The traditions that they started, the relationships, the yeah. the meals that I had. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. can notably like. I, I mean, I tear up on the the thoughts of the schnitzel that I had at times. Right on. Yeah, and yeah, that man. was amazing. Yeah, right on, Steve. Yeah. You're an emotional guy, eh? Tear up. I like it. I like it. Hey, okay. So we need to leave. We need to leave a good portion of time here. We're being cognizant of time. Um, Steve, we'll play one more track if you want to cue it up. Of a um, whatever. Just think of it. Maybe we'll 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 cue it up at the end. Okay. If you have if you have an idea for a track, we can cue one up just to end with. Okay. But maybe you want to set it up. Yeah, but, but not I mean, now. Like not okay. now. Okay, so okay. Not, now, yeah, just think. About I got it. one. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we'll end on that. Remind me. But I want to. I want to talk about graffiti. You have like for I don't know like actually probably forever since I've known you. You you have been evolving, and you're when I talked about you not being the same person, but you, I don't know that you you've evolved a lot over the last whatever the hell Facebook tells us we've known each other for six seven years. You. Your relationship with with graffiti has developed significantly from being the guy um, noodling with what is my voice to now saying, "Oh no, I'm I think I'm a uh, I think I'm a, a, a an archivist." You're like you know you've you've really developed yeah. that and you've developed relationships on the underground with that and 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 gone on gone on gone on gone on about it you know like in depthly to the point where it's like all right we have a scholar in front of us here in in many areas like. You don't dabble in cheese. You get right the fuck in there. Yeah. The same with music. The same with graffiti. You, how how did that come about, your love of graffiti? The taster. <laughs> um, this will be pretty easy to kind of fit in with the timeline that I've already kind of presented, the things that were happening at the Gabardine and uh, the transitions okay. in between. Yeah. Certainly, um, just touching on some influences that were like maybe just from childhood, very briefly, uh, like aesthetically. Mm -hmm. I remember being in uh, university and uh, with like Kodak film, like still taking pictures a lot of like alleyways of Windsor and thinking that was very interesting. Just the the darkness, that kind of things. Pardon me. Um, I've always been yearning to be a larger part of the visual art uh, aspect of the visual, you know, visual art world. Yeah. Um, and I've never been able to really kind of like grasp onto that throughout my undergrad. But there's always been like a, 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 like an admiration. a, a yearn and, yeah. and wanting to kind of like grasp onto some of that. Yeah. Uh, I've certainly done a lot of improvisations with uh, painters and things like that and mm. uh, worked that way. And I've always been curious so, um, after I left the Gabardine, mm -hmm. in between, before I got uh, a job okay. at the Sandigans. That three, four month period? Um, I just had a lot more time on my hands where, for one, I was needing things to be a little bit more um, reasonably priced, as I say about some of our meats. Mm -hmm. uh, I, was, I, I didn't have a lot of money. 
and I wanted my brain to be stimulated, mm-hmm. and I was just looking for something to do. Okay. So it was just kind of like wandering along. Uh, I happened to be at the right neighborhood that I was living in. Yeah. Um, which is a big part of graffiti. I was at Dundas and uh, Bathurst. Yeah. So I'm yeah. getting Kensington. I'm getting uh, multiple different areas at this point that are getting uh, bombed very hard. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, which means being uh, graffitied. Thank you. We're going to get into the industry tactics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to talk about the different kind of throws. Yes, anyways, I, 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 I won't go on too much about that. But uh, yeah, the this area gets hit up a lot. So okay. um, when I was moving in the area I, and I had the time, I started to observe some walls that were empty uh, that had been buffed, uh, buffed being the... Uh, the graffiti that was there has been washed away. The Rob also, Ford yeah, touch. Exactly. Yeah. The Rob Ford touch. See, Rich knows all of this because all, over all these years, it was impossible for any of them to escape the shit that was coming out of my mouth. Yes. Yes. I forced it on them every Tuesday at the Cameron House. They would be hearing this stuff out of my mouth yes. all the time. Yes. That's why they know this. Um, exactly. So See, I know I'm here. So Steve's yeah. kind of mixing and you're getting that. You're yeah. getting that listener. Who the fuck's he talking to right now? You, are you following? <laughs> he's talking to you. I've left the room. Okay, he's back. He's back. So he, now he's talking to you again. Keep going. Yep. He's actually looking down the entire time. <laughs> he's looking down. That's because you, you're the third wall. Keep going, Steve. Keep going, Steve. Keep going, Steve. Oh, boy. Yeah. Bash, bash. Keep going. Slow, slow, yeah. slow. Relish, relish. We have time. So um, Every trying to night. piece uh, trying to piece together um, a lot of this graffiti and slowly um, uh, being able to read it in the neighborhood that I was uh, living in. Wow. Um, slowly as I emerged into the scene, I would start to meet a figure here or there. At night, like, yeah. Or, or yeah, I mean, it ended up being in the context organically out mm-hmm. of... Uh, trombone work it was i did a lone bone show i did a solo trombone show at a gallery at dundas west wow for some graffiti guys that i happened to be watching over at the time i didn't know that yeah the piece that rich cool. walked down into our stairs into my apartment there's a yeah. piece out in the hallway uh yeah. well Pointed out on okay. your way out, but okay. uh, it's it's the guy that was there that night. Eat your pie, shout out to your pie. Wow. Eat your pie. Wow, that's a name for you. Nice. But uh, yeah, you used to write that. Eat your pie. Um. Yeah. Slow. Okay. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay, Steve, hang on, yes. hang tight. I know you yeah. got your, you, you definitely got a train of thought here. The Cameron House nights are happening in the midst of all this, aren't they? Like you're, so when I'm kind of seeing your, that whole fascination with graffiti be born, but it felt to me like you had known it for a decade. Like you had really, really emerged. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it was around that time, right? When we were playing the Cameron every Tuesday night. Oh Yeah. I mean, I think that because like everything was so new to me, and I was starting to grasp all the all the dots were coming together. Wow! That I was just talking about it so much, and like I was just it was at the height of people sending me pictures, sending me notes, me chasing here and there. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that Cameron House time at the at the beginning that was also post uh, my wife, uh, pre my wife. 
you know, so it was it was just a crazy time yeah. of like energy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was still working at the Gabardini at the time. You had not met Ellen then. Yeah, Is that no, right? no, no, okay, not okay. yet. So you know, there was so much energy there. There was so much uh, chaos. And maybe, you right. know, in context, maybe me being single all the time also was, uh, you know, came out of uh, the exploration with graffiti. Wow. Um, again, this would be a long uh, uh, podcast, but uh, I mean, now the, the, the way that it functions for me is just my personal time. Like you, you have, everybody yeah. has things that uh, they're so busy with throughout the week and they have a couple different things, their hobbies that they get to do by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is your meditation time. Be it, be, uh, right? you know, kite flying yeah. or bur- yeah. uh, scotch drinking or, uh, you yeah. know, those type yeah. of things. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, now that's how it functions in my life. It's okay. just being able to get on the streets and I've, you know, it's, it's three and a half years later. It's, wow. it's, it's 8,000 followers. You've developed Later. an audience on Instagram and other forms of social media that's remarkable. And Instagram is solely your your eye. If you guys want to check this out, look at Steve's Instagram. It's it's solely his voice and his eye looking at graffiti in Toronto and other parts of the world. Right? It's fascinating. Yeah, very true. I mean, I it's it's at times it becomes tougher when I have things as Steve Ward myself that I would like to post that I don't necessarily have an outlet for. What I have built with Instagram is an account that's purely street, um, street art based or street graffiti, street photography based. Okay. Um, Stemming on a lot of different uh, influences now, but purely from the beginning, pure illegal graffiti. Wow, and let's stress. Oh, so it's at Steve Ward underscore. Is that it, or is it at just at yeah Steve Ward? at Steve Ward underscore? Okay, would be perfect. And Steve, let's stress that word illegal. Like there is a there is a tension in all of the stories that you tell around graffiti and some of the guys that you hang with and gals. Um, that tinge of, of, of it being like kind of faux pas and that and that whole world of, of like it's it there is a, a level of grit there, right? Is that what separates it from being like purely uh, like mural street uh, city of Toronto uh, supported you know mural versus graffiti? Yeah, I mean, uh, I can tell, especially when I'm talking about it in such a fast uh, way today with yeah. my rebelliousness that I would be gravitating towards more illegal or things that people consider ugly. I mean, I've been sp- spending, before I understood graffiti, mm-hmm. I spent at least eight years trying to convince people that free jazz wasn't ugly. Yeah, you know, right, that, right, that right, It wasn't right. this like obscure language that no one understood. Yes. So yeah. it was very easy for me to go towards graffiti. There's a great correlation between those two worlds. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. all you hear, even very, very open-minded people, and I don't blame you because it's the same fucking thing that you were talking about with uh, jazz. You, you're, you're saying, oh, I love these murals. Like, open-minded people. Uh, people. Rich Arnhill. I love you, Rich. Yeah. I, uh, you're an amazing dude. Yeah. But, these, you know, these are the guys that, like, do not like the tags, but okay. love the murals. Okay. You know? Okay. But for me, it's all about the tags. It's all about that, uh, it's all about that quote-unquote ugliness. It's all about know? breaking the, in a way, breaking no, the it's, rules? It's, or, yeah, or? it's, well, for me, it's a more complex language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy yeah. to understand the, 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 
the things that look like they should look oh, like. Oh yeah, let's you, know? you, like, you, you, <laughs> you could definitely teach a course in like, and you'll you'll often on a tour or whenever we're spending time pull out your phone and just explain to me why this is so interesting. And then you'll also explain the the street rules of like, no, you don't you don't you don't go over another guy's work if it's a big deal, right? And you, you, you talk about the idea of toys and like, yeah. like people that don't know the rules and they're just being jackasses on the street and that kind of code. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of fun talking to jazzers about these type of things because then yeah. we kind of imply like Phil Miles. You know, we talk about Oh, I wonder what it would be like if we could do these things to jazzers. Like if you were playing your licks okay. and you heard somebody play something, you were like, that sounded just like mine. Like tagging a fucking jazzer in a way. Like a, So it, that means okay. you've just bited my style. Right, right. When oh, I, I write see, when I, I write a letter and you write a letter and it looks just like mine, yep. and I've been writing that A for ten fucking years and it looks just and, and like yep. that is my A. It's like ripping a lick. And you yep. are just starting and you're six months in and you write an A that looks quote yep. unquote just yep. like uh, my A. Yeah. But like totally way more toy and no more like no, no soul behind it. Yeah. You call him out on it. Yeah. Or if you see him, you slug him in the face Whoa. because he stole your A and he's young and you'll learn and you'll get better and that that motivating fact will uh, separate you for the rest of your life. How, how Jim Henson is that? He stole and, your A. And who knows if that was if that was in jazz, yep, yep. whether or not we wouldn't be in the Whoa. shitty position that we're in right now, which is boring motherfucker jazz. Wow, wow. Interesting little... Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> Are we are we gonna t- are we gonna tee up some jazz here? What are we teeing up here? Th- this this piece. I don't know. Bad bad not good. No. I no. Don't, stop no. that. I love no, them. Stop no, that. Shout out. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out. Uh, I like this. I like that we're doing a little bit of shit talking here. Yeah, too. Yeah, bad bad. Yeah. Do they smell? You I think it. they stink. Yeah. Bad no, bad. No, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, this tracks with Constantin rock. I yeah. Love right on. Constantin. Right on. Right on. This is good shit. This is the uh, the uh, the shout out episode. Um, <laughs> so many shout outs. I'll, I think I'll insert little, little bings after every shout out in this episode. <laughs> Phil Miles shout out. Yeah. Scott Thompson. Bing. Um, so talk to me, Steve. Uh, you want to? You, do you want to? Do you want to play one one track? One track. What was the track that you wanted to queue up earlier? Well, when I was thinking over the last couple of days about this yeah. interview happening, yeah. and I was talking to Elle, my wife, about it, and we were kind of uh, chatting, I was thinking that, I mean, it would be certainly appropriate for one of the tracks that I play most on of yours, or yeah. of any of your records. Yeah. So, I mean, I certainly think that Suspentio, oh, I yeah. know I'm, yeah. I'm butchering yeah. the actual the, name the of this. Tune. He, okay. yeah, the Talentano tune. Yeah, the Talentano tune would be great. It starts off with a solo mat right off on. the top. Right I'm. Right uh, it was a... You know, really important fo- uh, solo for me uh, live. Gave yeah, me a really nice yeah. chance to start my looping, which now I utilize a lot more in the set, which it's was nuts. like a lot more underutilized at the time. Um, yeah. I mean, I love that tune. I'm always so grateful to have the opportunity to solo off the top of it. Yeah, it's neat, Steve. And on the record, like I do, I I do actually think it's a good representation of like yeah. my playing yeah. at that time, the last five to 10 years of my life so yeah i love it i'm very proud of it awesome man i want to tell i want to thank you for for being on on the podcast making the time sharing all of your 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 deep deep passions don't stop growing them and uh here's to many more thanks rich all the best love you too
Se stenti il sole nel mio cuore per te Non ci sarà più un'altra estate d'amore Il giorno sono freddo e notte per me Senza più luce né calore Sul caldo mare che hai fatto incontrare Vento gelido mi porta il dolore La bianca luna che hai fatto sognare Sei spenta come il sole io tactic there for you nice to play my own music on my podcast that was friendly rich and the lollipop people covering adriano celentano featuring steve ward on the trombone a little randy bachman tactic there to keep it in your own family to fuck your own family uh randy bachman and his son uh talisman bachman so can you hear a difference in the sound quality here boys and girls i'm using a pantyhoe uh latched through a paper clip and no more pop peas on the podcast why don't you tweet us at industry tactics to tell us how excited you are about this tactic a pantyhoe filter and i'll say panty as as goddamn violently as i like one take for now on boys and girls no more edits please tweet us let us know if you're listening key riced at industry tactics we'll see you next week very special episode coming up so hope you enjoyed that uh episode and and we'll see you in two weeks from now go to the youtube channel to check out some of what we've been doing in virtual reality with these podcasts goodbye yeah